If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine and has some of the best products out there, including their just-released 15 and 60 Go Boxes. These are durable, stackable, dust and watertight storage that's great for organizing and transporting all your favorite gear to and from the field. I actually got to test some of these this past season and put them through the paces traveling from hunt to hunt. It kept my stuff accessible and protected. Practical in so many situations, from raft trips down the river to elk camp in the Rockies, it's nearly indestructible, go anywhere storage that's now available. Welcome back to Live Wild Podcast, everyone. This week, we hit the first day of spring, and as we hit spring, my mind always starts to shift and start thinking about spring bear hunting. But as I look around where I'm at, it still looks a lot like winter, and that's pretty common through a lot of the West this year. You just got buried in snow, cold temperatures, above average precipitation in many places. So what does this really mean for emerging bears, and what are some of the tactics we can focus on to find bears when winter just seems to hang on. In this episode, we're going to look at what causes bears to emerge, some of their first moves, and where you can focus your efforts if you find yourself in an area that had above-average snowpack. But first, I really want to share the story of a big Montana bear on a big snow year. One thing about the West is the weather, it can be tumultuous, I would say. You can get periods of big drought followed by all of a sudden just massive snowfalls and this particular story this particular hunt I remember because the snowpack this particular year was extremely high especially seemed even higher because the few years ahead of it were not that it was probably average or below average snowpack so this particular year it was one of those years where it just seemed like it was constantly snowing and the snow didn't go away by the beginning of April, when bears start popping out of their dens, we had more snow than I could even remember seeing. Um, probably didn't even remember seeing snow like that, except for maybe when I was a kid 10 years earlier. And so now I was kind of challenged with, okay, we got to go out and find bears. And it was kind of a scenario that I hadn't really experienced because I hadn't really seen a winter like that where it led into it almost like in my mind I thought 
these bears are not even going to come out of hibernation. But as the season started, it started to warm up, and sure enough, bears were coming out of hibernation. But the trouble was the places that I would normally go to hunt was buried in snow. I actually got my truck stuck just trying to drive up uh, the mountain a little ways. I, I think like, I think it was probably like around five, 5,500 feet was the snow line, and it was uh, very deep still. I, I remember giving it, uh, trying to get up to a good glassing vantage where I normally that time of year had sat many days on dry ground, glassing up and into the summer, some of the higher basins where there was still snow, but down this low, there was just snow everywhere. And so up in the pockets that I like to get to, it was just hard to get to spots because of the snowpack, because there was uh, not great access in there just to get to a, uh, one glassing vantage that I maybe want to check. Uh, it was close to a, a, a road where I could hike in. Now I'd have to hike through knee-deep snow just to get to the spot where I wanted to look. And so it made it very difficult. But also the thought was, okay, what are these bears going to be eating? Because they're, they're, they're coming out of hibernation. And my primary way of finding bears in the springtime is focusing on the food sources. But the food sources weren't around where I assumed the bears were. So I didn't adjust my tactic, but I adjusted where I was looking. Same deal, focus on the food sources. So instead of hunting up high like I normally would, I decided earlier to start looking lower earlier. And my initial thought was, man, I am not going to find any bears. But I, I got to where that snow level was there. So I wasn't like on the valley floor or anything, but I was up high enough where the snow started to burn off. I really just started focusing on these south-facing slopes, these areas where the sun could get to, where it was burning off the snow, out of the timber, and places where that green up was starting. And there weren't as many. So it was more of a, a glassing game of finding these these patches and, and covering as much country as I could with my glass and really picking apart and looking at these areas where, okay, this is somewhere where there's at least food. And in these areas, there was actually higher concentrations of deer and elk because they were also forced into places from the snow. And so my initial thought was, man, the, the bears are still going to be hibernating. They aren't going to be in these areas but what else am I going to do? So I started glassing, and sure enough, like the first night, I spot a bear up in this like meadowy pocket. It looked, it was a pretty lush. It had what I thought was good food, and a bear pops out. Okay, and then that was it. Disappeared, went into some timber patch, and then another bear about three hours later popped out in it. And I'm like thinking to myself. That's two bears, and I wasn't expecting to see any bears. So, uh, sorry, this is this is actually before we started hunting, so I was just kind of scouting out, and this is like the day or a couple days before I actually had any hunters coming. So I'm, I'm scouting this out. I'm thinking, okay, was this just a fluke or what? So I continue to find places like this and watch, and sure enough, I start picking out bears, and primarily boars, and then on about the third day of glassing this one particular meadow, I'd seen over six different bears. And on this particular day, now we're hunting. I've got a hunter with me. I'm guiding. And a big boar that I'd seen earlier while scouting popped out again. So that morning, I we started scouting or started glassing it. 
And we saw a smaller bear, probably, I don't know, I like to call him like a one-armed bear because you could probably pick the thing up with one arm. But in this, like, small meadow, it looked like a good-sized bear, so it's fun to watch. We're watching this bear. And then that evening, I look where that bear, that smaller bear disappeared into, this little draw, and out pops a big, big boar. And I looked at the hunter, I'm like, we have to get over there tonight generally it was it was almost a push to get there in, in this evening but it was one of the biggest bears i'd seen that early on a spring hunt i could tell it was just a big bodied bear and especially just emerging it, it hadn't bulked up yet it was already a huge body bear it looked like probably the biggest bear i'd seen so i figured we got it we've got to make a play on this so we bust down from our, our glassing vantage and it was probably I think it was like three miles over there. And the my my worry was that we were going to lose sight of him. So I wanted to take a route where we could keep checking in and see if he was still there because all it would take is him to go over one more draw and, and disappear. And that bear was out, and he was just feeding, 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 feeding. Every time we checked in, there he was. He was within 200 yards of the patch where that other bear had gone in earlier in the day. And my thought was maybe he was just in there the whole time. He'd popped out, but there's obviously times we're sitting there glassing all day long. Maybe we didn't see see him move in there earlier. But I thought, okay, they're here. They're, they like this spot. We, I've seen a lot of bears here over the past few days. I didn't even expect to see any bears. And now I found a spot where there's just a high concentration of bears. Like this is the food source. There's not many other places they can eat. And this is where they are. And this big bear is just going to town on this little patch of grass and moving around between these few patches of, of forage. So we start moving in. And at the last part, we actually had to lose sight of this, this bear. So pop over and we get set up. And uh, we, we finally come back around. And we're within two or 300 yards of where that bear was so we're set up we're laying there and i'm glassing and we just i just do not see the bear and i'm thinking like okay man maybe he moved off i don't know let's just wait here we've got time we got there faster than i was expecting so we had time so I'm sitting there glassing i'm just glassing all around and in that little spot where the smaller bear went in the in that morning this morning the little bear comes back up out of that drainage and I'm like oh bear bear you know first glance and there's nothing there's really not a lot of normally the grass would be knee high and it's just looks like it's a putting green out there it's like just hardly any cover because it's covered in snow not that long ago so there's just fresh green up that's about it a few fresh shoots and then a couple wet spots like where the almost like a spring and around those wet spots actually had a little bit more food I don't, i'm not, not even sure exactly what they were feeding on i didn't go investigate but it's like they liked that little wet spot and there you know what there was actually there was a little draw the the draw that that little bear came out of was um some like old rose hips that had just wintered where they just didn't get eaten i think that they were probably feeding on that as well so little bear pops out but at first i'm like oh bear i realize it's just dog legged and one of those ones that probably most hunters see and they're like oh big bear because he's out in the open uh it just was not a big bear so again okay there's there's a big one in here somewhere 
let's just let's just wait and see what happens. So we keep watching this bear and thinking, I don't know, this other bear must have slipped away. And I bring my binos down because I was just locked in watching this other bear. It was a lot of fun just watching him feed on stuff, digging up roots and other stuff. And I drop my binos and I look up and like a hundred yards away on the ridge in between me and where that that other bear was is that big boar so i'm like all right so i got my hunter set up put the pack and he's about freaking out this is the first bear he'd pretty much ever been close to he'd seen the ones through the spotting scale but this is his first bear hunt and i'm probably more freaking out than him because i know how big this bear is i was like this is the biggest bear I've, in my mind i realized like this is the biggest bear i've ever been on with a hunter or even had an opportunity at so I get the pack set up, trying to be calm. I'm like, all right, you know, make a good shot. Just wait for him to turn broadside. And he's feeding. Like his head's down. He has no clue we're here. Everything's good. Just be patient. He's a hundred yards away. We don't need to rush anything. Mary kept feeding, and it seemed like forever. It's one of those ones where you're laying there in the packs, and he's got his scope gun lined up, and his neck's just getting like kinked. I'm like, all right, you know, just relax. Lay on your side. Just relax. We're gonna be. Who knows how long this bear is just on this patch, just feeding, not offering a shot. He's just facing us the whole time. So finally, it's now getting pretty close to evening time. I'd say we probably have 30 minutes of shooting light left or uh, legal shooting time left. And the bear is just feeding, 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 and then all of a sudden whips his head up, and he must have, like, there's something he didn't like about that little bear. I don't know if that – I lost sight of that smaller bear, so I, I was assuming that that smaller bear dropped down and was now coming up below him. Like, oh, no. This is – it went from having plenty of time to now having to make a quick decision on what to do. Like, if he gives us a shot, we're going to have to shoot because he whipped his head up, and I could tell he was getting pretty aggressive or territorial over this patch. He started woofing off, and I thought – I've seen this before where they do that and another bear comes in and then they just charge off and, and then everything gets disrupted. And I don't know if this is going to be our opportunity. So the bear picks his head up, and, but that chance of that other bear coming into his spot got this bear up and got him to, he was now facing away. And I, I just kind of let out a <laughs> noise with my mouth, uh, just like a, a distress call. And that got the bear to kind of turn his body back. I'm like, all right, take him, because this is just, this is our shot. And Hunter shot, made a great shot. Uh, bear rolled over and went out of sight. So we moved up and we ran up to the ridge and, and looked over and he was down right there in the bottom of the draw. And uh, yeah, walked up on him. It was at the time, I've at the time that was the biggest bear I'd, guided to or been a part of during any season not just fall or spring it was a it was a it was a big big bore and it was during a time that i thought man we with the snowpack i thought they aren't going to be out early and this is going to be a really tough hunt and it ended up being one of the best spring bear hunts i'd ever had so that was just something that was surprising about that year with that snowpack and where we ended up finding the bears now since that hunt i've learned a lot about bear behavior and especially targeting spring bears and there's a few things that i always talk about when i when i talk about spring bear hunting and that main thing is food but the downside to 
a really hard winter or a, a big snow year is the food source can be severely limited. So there's a, a couple other things that you know, got to think about why bears hibernate. Now, bears aren't a true hibernation, but we're just going to call it hibernation for those of you that are like, they don't, it's not a real hibernation. Okay. It doesn't really matter. It's close enough. And the reason that they hibernate is because they're going into a period where food sources are limited. So when we're hunting bears other places, like the, the north, the further north you go, the longer bears are going to hibernate. They might hibernate for seven months, but you go down to Arizona or even in Mexico where bear, and you're hunting bears in Mexico, but uh, where they live in places where it's warmer, they might only hibernate for a few weeks, a month, something like that. There's bears that in some coastal regions might not even really hibernate. Maybe they'll lay down for a little bit, but I actually feel like there's places in California where the bears have food sources or enough food sources nearly year-round that they don't need to hibernate. And that's probably why a lot of those California bears get so much bigger than uh, bears other places because they can eat year-round. Uh, so yeah, hibernation is is a survival strategy where they can go throughout the winter where there's a very limited food supply and then wake back up when food is, is coming back in. The springtime is probably, well, there's you know essentially two seasons where there's a lot of food, but the springtime is when all that new growth and that, that really strong nutrient hits. That spring is what saves these animals. And so a good spring can kind of make up for a bad winter in a lot of cases. But in the instance of a bear, he's waited out the winter and is really, you know, saving his energy for this, this spring feed. And then he fuels up throughout the summer and fall to then do the same thing again. And so what signals the bears to come out of hibernation is generally temperature as things start to warm up. You think, well, there's these times when winter seems to lag and the bears do stay in hibernation longer. But when you really look at the average temperatures, even when I think of these long winters, like this year, I feel like it's just where I live. It's, it seems like the longest winter I can remember. I have, I've, there's been snow on the ground since I think November and it finally just started to burn off and then snowed again. But the one thing that I have noticed is even on years where there's a lot of snow, when it starts to warm up, you still get those warm spring temperatures. Once those clouds clear out and the sun starts to hit, things start to warm up. And what happens is it starts to warm up. Maybe it's a little bit later than normal, but the bears are going to start to emerge. And when they emerge, they find there's a lot of snow. There's probably more snow in more places and it takes longer for that snow to burn off. Well, the downside to that is that when the snow's on the ground, the food isn't growing. And the initial food that they're looking for generally for bears is some kind of grass, clover, plant material, the herbivore diet. That's kind of their, their first hit because it's readily available generally in the spring and can be really nutrient dense as plants start to grow that's where the highest concentration of nutrients are so they wake up and on these heavy snow years there's no food or seemingly no food so it seems like okay well there's a lot with this excess snow it seems, means maybe less available food so 
it kind of seems like, well, this is a pretty grim look at it because when they, they come out of their dens, it's warm enough for them to stop hibernating and there's not enough food. Well, that could mean a bad season. But there is a flip side to this because there's some certain things we as hunters are looking for that when there is a big snow year and they come out and there's not a lot of readily available food right where they're at, it can mean a few things that actually when we understand what we're looking for, can target and have a really good season. Because one of the things that I kind of think about is, of course, when we're, when we're talking about bears, I'm always targeting those food sources. Now, on a big snow year, the food sources are going to be limited. But what that kind of leads to is a higher concentration of bears in the limited food sources. And there's a couple other good factors that we get out of this is as the food sources are a little bit more scarce, they're actually out feeding longer. So it allows us more time to spot the bears and maybe more bears in less area. Another good benefit to maybe a big snow year is, especially when you're talking early, there's going to be less foliage on the trees growing up, less sprouting, maybe even less cover. And so you actually have better glassing, bears concentrated in smaller areas, and maybe more identifiable areas because you can kind of pick out the spots that don't have that snow where it might have those food sources. Now, I will say one thing that can happen is if it remains cold and or maybe it's like it warms up and then gets cold again and there is a lot of snow, it can be a little bit of a slow start to bears coming out. So you might have fewer bears popping out of that hibernation. But it tends to be, or what I've noticed is, boars seem to be the first bears out now if you're being selective and in most places you, you want to shoot a boar for legality reasons or maybe because you don't want to quote it to close and obviously you can't shoot sows with cubs so we're targeting male bears when they're the first ones that come out and we're hunting early that makes it a lot easier to find male bears because when you see a bear it's generally one that you can go after. And it seems to be that big boars come out earlier than the smaller bears as well. So on these big snow years, when it almost prolongs the hibernation, hunting early or even mid-season, it seems to me that you find larger boars out and more boars out. So you have, like, when you're out in the field, you're spending more time spotting something that you can actually chase. There's so many hunts where I've hunted on years where it's, mild winter and there's food everywhere and yeah maybe all the bears are out but you tend to be finding a lot of sows and cubs sows and cubs sows and cubs and you're like man i just feel like i'm spinning my wheels spotting sows and cubs but on these big snow years i find that it actually seems like you have a longer period of time where you're spotting exclusively boars because the sows and cubs are remaining in the den because they can't travel as far with those with their newborns to get to those food sources. So they actually opt to just say, like, ah, we're just going to hibernate a little bit longer till we've got better conditions to go out and find food. Now, that's one thing that we're going to talk about is, you know, bears, when they emerge from their den, you think they'd be like, oh, we're starving. We got to eat, we got to eat, we got to eat. And actually, they can go a lot longer than you might think before initially needing, before that metabolism really starts to kick up. So, they can emerge like a, a boar can emerge from the den and he can cruise around enough to figure out where the food source is. So this might mean lower on the mountain. This might mean in a place where he 
denned up on this big north side and, and maybe 2,000 feet down there's a big south facing slope that's got some good green up right along that snow edge uh, whereas most of the avalanche shoots and other things in the places where a normal snow year would have burned off by now and there's green up and there's all this uh, vegetation growing okay it's not there but he has the capacity to travel to where these food sources are so that was one of the things that I originally didn't understand is that bears can move a considerable distance to get into that food source. Another thing is when we're focusing on the food source, and if you're in an area that had a lot of snow, uh, bears are omnivores and they are very adaptable is a good way to put it. They can eat everything from grass to elk and they'll use that adaptation if food is scarce to find other means of food and when there's not a lot of vegetation meat is a really good option it's it fills them up it's a good source of protein and it can be pretty concentrated on bad winters um, so that's one thing you might early in the season i generally don't target i would say like i don't target meat food sources for bears but on big winters that's something that's readily available and it it kind of sucks because it's kicking probably already hurting population of ungulates in the teeth because not only did they have to survive the winter but now they're getting scooped up by large predators bears wolves lions um, as they concentrate and try to survive generally it is the weaker ones that have trouble getting away that probably would maybe die anyways uh, but it depends those those animals are also uh, looking for that nutrient from the spring that's what's going to get them out of the winter and, and bring them through there's also the fact of finding winter kills i've actually found quite a few bears in the vicinity of winter kills i haven't found them regularly feeding on them because most of the time the winter kills already been eaten by something else generally coyotes or wolves whatever um, so it there's not like much food left but the smell can stay around for a while depending on when the animal died and i have found bears like frequenting those areas where they're moving through oh they run into a winter kill they'll roll around on it they'll crunch up some bones they'll just mess around with it it's food maybe because they're bored maybe because they like the smell maybe because who knows what not a lot of food but it's better than nothing i guess and then i'll pick them out in those areas nearby where I can kind of sit back and glass or I see the sign. I've actually been just hiking and bumped bears off of winter kill carcasses as well. Um, so I, I don't think that it's a, by any means like an easy thing to target, but if you happen upon it, it's something to think about. Most of the time you can smell them out. And anytime I smell a winter kill, I always go investigate. And especially early in the spring, it's a good chance that there's going to be a bear that has come through that area or, could be in that area just attracted to it because it, it smells like food and it is food so as we start to target bears in maybe areas where there's been a lot of snowfall and that snowpack stayed for quite a while you can kind of target those lower areas earlier than you might most years but then as the season progresses so maybe you aren't hunting early but you're hunting later in the season as the season progresses those bears start to follow that receding snow line back up because that's where that new growth starts again so remember in the spring we can focus on that new growth well if that new growth is low early and then as that snow starts to melt up the canyons or whatever follow that snow line back up because right as that new green up starts that's the most nutrient dense food i've talked about it before but we're looking for those like neon green patches of, of vegetation because that's where that 
really dense nutrient is and that's where the bears are going to be so you can as the season progresses kind of follow that snow line back up and the other good thing like we talked about is bears can be more concentrated when you find a spot that has bear sign when it has good food and there's not a lot of other options around focus on that spot the main hunting tactic that i use in these situations is glassing and i'm behind the glass i sit there for longer periods of time I'll sit back, I'll look, I'll have my, generally I have my binoculars on a tripod and then I'll have my spotting scope there to just kind of verify other things. But for the most part, I'm generally 90% of the day glassing through my binoculars. I really like a high powered binocular this time of year too. So I've got a pair of Vortex 12s on my neck that I'll put on my tripod and then I've got a pair of 18s if I'm going to be glassing it further distance. And I, for the most part, I'm just using my normal chest binos for most of my glassing unless i get into a position where okay i've got these other pockets that i can see from one spot and i'll pop those on and grid that back and forth i'm on a good glassing vantage i'm overlooking these feeding areas and i'm waiting for bears to pop out and then once i find those places that they're preferring then i can kind of move in and, and focus on those particular areas but like I said in the story, and, and I've found this in many years since, is when there's that lower concentration of food, you might find bears in higher concentrations in those really good zones where that food is available. So just sitting back glassing and covering a lot of country because you don't know which pocket's going to be that pocket. There might be a lot of different open areas where, they, okay, this area's got grass, this area's got grass, but which one's going to be the one that's attracting the bears? For some reason, they like this one better. And by sitting back and using your optics, that's the best way to identify those spots. Another thing to think about when there is a lot of snow, snow actually makes it a lot easier to spot bears. Just because there's snow a lot of places and you're focusing on the food sources, do not discount the places where the bears are coming from, the, the higher elevations where their dens are, and those areas are covered in snow. It's like a it's like a neon sign sticking out there. It's a big black bear on a white backdrop. It's the easiest thing to spot, or even a brown colored bear, whatever. They're a lot easier to spot in the snow. But don't just pay attention for bears in those areas. Look for tracks across those big faces, especially on those north faces where they might have denned. You could even get up into areas and, and from a distance. Put those higher power binoculars or spotting scope to use now get steady, put it on the tripod and start glassing those faces and say, okay, are there tracks going horizontal across this mountain? Don't look for vertical tracks because it's probably could be like just snow falling down. That's one thing to think about is if it's going across the mountain, it's definitely not a snow slide or something like that. You can see these trails and tracks going across the mountain and odds are it's not elk and deer because they aren't going to be up there this time of year. It's bears coming out of the den and, and moving. So it's going to give you an idea of like where bears have come out and maybe where you can pick out areas below that, where it's like, okay, here's where the bears are moving. Now let's find those nearest food sources to these areas. That's something that I do a lot on early season spring bear hunts or in areas where that snow just seems to stick around. I use that snow to my advantage. It's telling you a story of what's been on it for the last however long. And so by just glassing into that snow, you might surprise yourself how many bears you actually see in there but also you can use those tracks and just understand which areas which canyons which zones had bears moving through it and then continue to focus in on those areas because there's a lot of country that has everything a bear needs but with no bears in it 
And that's the hardest part is narrowing down, okay, well, where do I go? What do I find? So we start by looking for those food sources, identifying where bears are moving through, if we can figure that out, and then narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing it down until we find the pocket that the bears are in. And then this time of year, as there's less food source, the bears become in many ways more predictable. I've hunted many places where I'll, I'll scout it and it's like there's not a lot of food and I figure out that pocket where the bears are at. And then it's almost like clockwork. At this time, this bear pops out. At this time, this bear pops out. And this is, and it becomes really a lot more predictable than other times when they can kind of be anywhere and there's food everywhere. So it's something to think about. If you're in a situation where you go, oh man, spring bear hunting is going to be tough this year. There's a lot of snow and it does make it tough, but it also can make it really beneficial to those who who figure it out and kind of crack that code on the food sources they're using the locations that they're at and you know you can you can kind of go from there once you figure those things out you're going to be in the spot and put yourself in a really good position for success i guess the last thing that i would note is one thing to consider with this type of scenario, it seems to be that this is just out of my personal experience. I find that in big snow years and uh, hunting spring bears early, there tend to be, I find that grizzly bears, I, I don't know if this is just me. I don't know. I guess I haven't really looked into it that much, but it seems like grizzly bears uh, are out sooner and more prevalent in those type areas and i don't know if maybe they move back and forth to their den more often than black bears do or what or maybe they're just going to as another food source trying to dig up other hibernators whether it be bears whether it be ground squirrels or something like that grizzlies are really good at digging their claws are good at shredding things but it's almost like after the winter time their their claws are long they're sharp they've regrown and they're it's the easiest to dig in the snow so i do tend to find a lot of grizzlies out in that big snow fields and stuff like that digging up who knows what they're digging up but that is one thing to think about is if you're in an area that has both grizz and black bears hunting earlier hunting in those big snowy locations you might tend to spot more grizzlies than black bears especially early just something to keep in the back of your mind not that that's a bad thing or a good thing or whatever but it's just something to to consider, especially if you see something a long ways away. Really get the spotting scope out and identify whether, it, especially if you're new to it, what kind of bear you're looking at. So just as a, a last reminder and a little bit of a tip. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. You know, if you're someone that's got a spring bear tag in your pocket, enjoy the hunt. It's a good way to get out after the winter and get some hunting in. It's extremely fun. It can be extremely exciting. I think that there's a lot of things, whether you've got high snowpack or not, that's really great tips for early season, early spring bear hunting when the season just opens up, maybe mid-April. But then if you're in an area where they had a lot of snowpack and the season you're getting, you can't go till later, think about that, following that snow line back up, finding those food sources, getting those good glassing vantages. And with all the right things lined up, you'll be spotting bears. You know, for me, I think spring bear hunting or even just bear hunting in general was the longest learning curve to kind of finding that secret, that rhythm to consistently finding bears spot and stock hunting. I mean, I remember growing up and it was like we would just go out every year hoping to see a bear and never seeing one. And it was because we weren't looking in the right places at the right times and we didn't really have it dialed. And then fast forward over the years, what I've learned and now being able to go out 
pretty much any given day and, and find bears in the same unit that, you know, growing up, we would go years without even seeing a bear, you know, just speaks to like the way that you look for them and understanding the environmental factors around what's going on when you're there hunting those bears. And then by just understanding those things, you know, you really set yourself up for success. And then the other thing is just having the right equipment to do it. I think, you know, I talk about optics being probably one of the most important pieces of gear when it comes to successful hunting and spring bear hunting is a very optics intensive hunt. I mean, it's, it's sitting there with your binos and, and really getting steady and, and picking the mountain apart. And I know that, so I just saw, you know, optics. It's like, I always say, put your money in your optics, but it would be best to get someone else to buy your optics for you. And that's what you can do because I just saw a vortex, a great partner of ours is giving away over $5,000 in optics and gear. Um, it's super easy. They've just got their Vortex Nation. You just sign up for that. All you have to do, you type in join.vtxnation.com or you can head over to their website and find it as well. It's just signing up for their newsletter and they're giving away that plus some Vortex wear as well. So $5,500 total prize package. And the deadline's coming up, so March 31st. I figured that's just in time for spring bear season. For those of you looking for some optics, it's worth a shot, right? You can't win if you don't enter. So that's something to think about. The other thing, you know, you'll get information on all the new stuff that they've got coming out. But uh, one of the things that I'm really excited for is their Vortex Hunts film series. And you will see yours truly in a couple of those this year. We did an awesome hunt with those guys that we got filmed. We did some stuff in Hawaii this year. And uh, we've got some other stuff coming out that we're going to be filming this year. So if you enjoy those uh, hunt videos, you might see a familiar face in there. And then also on their podcast, I've done quite a few podcasts with them. I really like their 10-minute talks. Those are awesome. If you like this podcast and you're looking for another podcast to check out, uh, you can find I've done quite a few episodes with that. Did a, there's some other videos on their, their Vortex Nation stuff with um, some of my favorite guns. Go through some of that stuff. So all fun stuff to check out. But if you should sign up now, if you're going to sign up for a newsletter, might as well be one where you get cool stuff like that and the option to win some really good optics. If I were to win that, I would probably go with, if you're like, hey, what should I get if I win? I'm going to say, if, if you're spring bear hunting, go with like a 12 power razor and a spotting scope, razor binoculars and spotting scope. And then I'd definitely get a, a good, like, uh, tripod i think i'd go with the summit carbon tripod combination of those things you'd be you'll be spotting bears in no time so check that out uh as always thank you guys so much for the support feel free to drop a comment wherever you listen if you don't subscribe already subscribe i really appreciate that and thank you guys so much until next week i'm gonna say don't let the snow slow you down catch you later <laughs>